Now, most Christians, if you ask them, why did Jesus come, would say something like, well, uh, to restore a broken world or to die for our sins. Uh, I think once in an interview I said to make peace with God. And all of those things are absolutely true and absolutely necessary. But it is interesting that in this story from the Gospel of John, we are told that the first thing Jesus does to really show what his actual mission is, is to turn a bunch of water into wine at a party where the wine had run out. Isn't that interesting? That was his launch. This is like if you want to know the Jesus brand, you want to know the big mission of Jesus Christ, it looks like this sign. Isn't that interesting? Nobody would make that up. And it's kind of interesting because you heard in the story, Mary says, because she's very sensitive, it's, it's a big deal, this wedding at Cana, the whole village is there, the family honor is at stake, the bride and the groom are so embarrassed, and, uh, and Mary is very worried about them too, and she knows, she's observed Jesus over the past couple of years, she knows she, he can do special things, and she asks him to perform a miracle. And at first, what does he say to her? What does this have to do with me? Mother, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Because Jesus did know that he was called to die for the people. And he knew as soon as he showed his power, well, the timeline was going to start clicking. And that hour where he was going to be raised on the cross would come soon. And he hadn't heard from his heavenly father, Jesus, this is your hour. But his mother says, Jesus, we, we need wine. And this is speculation, Lord, you can strike me down with lightning right now if it's not true, but I think Jesus heard the request of his mother and he thought, actually, this is exactly what I came to do. This is a perfect way for me to introduce my ministry of redemption, of healing, and of joy. That is the ultimate mission of Jesus Christ. It is to bring you joy that you cannot even fathom today. And there's good, there's good biblical uh, testimony to this. I'm not just making that up. Jesus was showing that he was the true master of the feast. Remember, there was the master of the feast who obviously had grossly miscalculated. He was not a good master of the feast. Jesus steps in and takes over what he should have done and creates the abundant wine that should have been there for those guests. And we can see in Jesus, yes, he is the ultimate host, master of the feast. He makes Dionysus look like a complete amateur. He makes Studio 54 look like a complete snooze fest. Those of you who were born too late and don't know what Studio 54 was, it was kind of a disco thing that was cool when I was, you know, yeah, when I was in college. Jesus is the true master of the feast. He came to bring joy, and not just as some sort of sterile concept, you know, joy. Joy that you could taste and see. And we remember that psalm, Psalm 34, oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. 
There's another reading from Isaiah. We read a reading from Isaiah, but I'm going to read you a second one. The one we read was about how the Lord would restore Israel like a bride and make her beautiful. But there's another reading that I think is pertinent to this whole idea of this feast that is ahead of us. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from the earth, for the Lord has spoken. That's our future. That's our future. This way in which the Lord, the master of the feast, all, I mean, there is evil in this world. There is great tragedy in this world. Real. But Teresa of Avila once said, you know what, when we're in heaven, all that is just going to look like one bad night in a hotel. She was a great saint. She suffered a lot. That's what she said. All the suffering of this world, when we see the goodness and joy of God and what he has for us. Now, I do want to say, because I am basically an evangelical at heart, and I can't ever preach a sermon that doesn't actually refer to the cross and the blood of Christ, that here's this feast going on. Jesus has made this fabulous feast and this fabulous wine, and he's drinking it, and there's joy with his disciples and his mother at this wedding. But he does know there's going to be a cost, and he knows who's going to pay the bill. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. As he's drinking that wine, he's going to give his body and blood for us, which he does, which he does, so that we can be reconciled. But what I want to say to you today is remember this first sign that we are given in the Gospel of John of the ministry of Jesus. I don't know what you are going through today, what sadnesses you hold in your heart, what struggles you have, hold on to the first sign that Jesus gave of his ministry. And he is true, and he is capable, and he is sure. You can hold, as you drink, well, you won't get to drink it because it's COVID, but you will drink from the cup. You will. Remember that feast that's coming, that he's prepared for you. Don't let anybody rob you of that joy. Amen. Amen.